podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Las Blancas podcast. I'm your host Yash Thakur and we are rounding up the pre-season and a lot of stuff we have got a lot of stuff to talk about after the last game. There has been a lot of activity elsewhere as well regarding awards and and stuff like that. and there has been a very clear lack of activity in terms of transfers so we will be discussing all that and this consider this as your round up for what happened in the preseason uh in the second game especially and what has been happening in and around the team and the league of course because as we notified you earlier in the previous pod that there is a, a strike impending strike uh, going that is going to take place in the first for the first two match days and we have a little bit uh, more info on that front so we will see how things uh, go on that regard and we will break down how the transfer activity has been or the lack thereof we will discuss some interesting ballon d'or picks from from our team and we will obviously break down the game and our trip to mexico for you guys so before we get into all of that Kanita how are you doing today Well I mean there's been um, a mixture of emotions you know as you mentioned the strike and all that mess going around and then you know excitement about the Ballon d'Or nominees and the mess then the mess that was this uh game against America so yeah it's um a lot of stuff happening uh with and around this team so yeah let's break it down Okay so let's let's start by talking about the game first so we played our second friendly in Mexico uh we had a pre-season tour arranged where we would travel to Mexico and play uh, uh two games uh first one we won fortunately against Tigres the second one was against Club America where former Real Madrid player Casi plays uh, at the moment so it was a nice sort of homecoming and before the game even began we saw a lot of interaction between kasi and especially kenty who we know uh, ha- are very good friends and have been together at real madrid and at uh, atletico as well so they have shared uh, a lot of uh, history together there was a lot of content coming coming our way in in that regard and we started the game uh, with the basic 4231 like there was no formation change no big idea change uh, in particular so i'll just read out the lineup for you and then we'll talk a bit about uh, club america and what actually happened in the game so the lineup was shawa started in goal once again because misa isn't there uh, kenty susa rocio and savava were the backline The midfield was changed from last time it was Maite and Zoranosa and the front four of Atenea were Linda Caicedo uh, with Brun leading the line so when you look at this lineup except for a couple of changes maybe uh, especially in goal and and midfield i think maybe this is the lineup that we are going to see very frequently throughout the season if if i'm if i'm to judge it because you know the front four seems like this will be it uh, for for large parts it would be brun linda weir uh, and athenea as the front four i think weir is undroppable brun is 
technically our only strike option and Linda and Athena are basically the two best wide options that we have in, in the squad. Uh, maybe Rasso, we'll have to see how Rasso incorporates and uh, what role she is handed to and if she remains fit for, for this, uh, throughout the season. Uh, the midfield is a place where I think our go-to should be Toleti and, and Tere, but we'll see how things go in that regard as well. And I think the backline will largely remain the same. Savava, Rocio, Sousa and Kenti with maybe Olga switching between, uh, you know, uh, playing the left wing and giving Linda some rest or playing uh, left back and giving Suava some rest. So just a few places that are up for grabs, I think. Uh, but the rest of the places, the rest of the positions seem like they are dead set. Not just because these are the best options that that we have in the squad but also because these are the only option that we have in the squad especially in some positions so uh, we'll we we'll speak about that as well but yeah on on in terms of what happened on the pitch it wasn't really that uh, big of a change but before we get into that kanita what did you make of the lineup and what did you make of the changes from the first game and how do you see this lineup and how do you project it to uh, change or to adapt as the season goes on? Is this uh, sort of the blueprint that we will see a lot of during the season as well? What do you think? I mean, it's obvious that the midfield will be changing. Uh, I think we've touched upon that the last game about, you know, Maite having a good game last time and then Tere's great World Cup and, you know, so... We have a lot, a lot, a lot of contenders uh, for these midfield spots. So I think, yeah, there is going to be well, uh, mostly rotations in midfield. But as you said, there is a pretty much set lineup for the rest. Uh, because I don't know the last time um, the game against Tigres, uh, I found it very weird that you know all three of our strikers were you know starting. Uh, and that Bruin was playing, uh, was the one playing centrally with uh, Mila and Carla on the wings. And I thought, yeah, okay, so now we had a more reasonable lineup, you know, with uh, Bruin in center and Linda at Atenea on the side, which is, you know, they're wingers. So uh, <laughs> uh, more reasonable, right? Uh, but it wasn't even in the attack like they were getting shut down constantly i i don't know what happened it's like the mistakes were happening in the midfield in that middle line which caused the problems and then um america was shutting us down like that that was for me crazy to see but um yeah i mean when it comes to defense i think that uh yeah i mean oyana oyana will probably hopefully um, get the starting spot um we discussed that already with Kenty's form and all um we still have um Ivana on as our remaining center back which I th who is I think our best center back out of three of them uh and yeah we'll get to the fact that we only have three center back that we did not sign the fourth so yeah it's gonna be fun and yeah, I mean, 
I yeah, Sava uh, Sava and Olga are like for different occasions. I reckon. Um, I I think that Olga will be well. I mean, start off the season by starting probably like uh given the World Cup. So yeah. Um, but I think Suave is a very useful asset. I, I love Suave. Uh, well, this wasn't a good game by her. It was actually catastrophic. I might, um, I won't even sugarcoat it. Uh, but she wasn't the only one in this game. Like, our entire team got cooked. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's a tendency in our defense to, you know, be unstable. And, uh, I think that this transfer window was, supposed to be the year that we you know um think of reinforcing our defense because there was um firstly we were uh going for reinforcing the attack then reinforcing the um midfield and now it should have been the defense but didn't happen so i don't know um We'll see about the season and how the season goes, but when it comes to the center backs, especially, uh, I am very, very scared. Um, I, I hope they prove me wrong, but just like squad management, yeah, I don't like it. And stuff like this can happen, like, uh, in the game that was this against Club America. It something happened, you don't know what something happened. They were getting shut down, midfield was terrible, like, they made mistakes all around and yeah yeah that's uh, that's all i have to say for now i guess yeah so we will speak about the problems in midfield and uh obviously the issues with the back line especially in this game it it was like it was it was horrendous honestly like i can't uh, i don't have any other words to put it because there were so many mistakes and they were evenly spread out between all the players like it, it was a, just a terrible performance from the entire back line all five of them including the goalkeeper and and we'll get into that uh let's talk a bit about club america so club america is managed by ankel villa campa i don't know if you got, if the listeners know this but uh he was also the manager of levante during the 21-22 season he was also the manager of athletic club uh, where Maite played. He was also the manager of Atletico Madrid back in 18-19 season when uh, yeah, when they won the when they won the league. So he has a sort of a reputation but it's not really a, I don't know, it's not really a good one in terms of how he uses his players. He he is notorious notoriously known for actually not maximizing the potential of the midfielders that he has so uh, Maite and Damaris suffered from that uh, Toiletti uh, suffered from that as well so uh, you know uh, a, a sort of a, a sort of another meeting with with this guy that was also in consideration for being uh, Madrid's manager by the way uh, when Aznar was uh, you know when there was a lot of flack that Asnar was receiving and stuff, Villa Campa was one of the names that was being suggested for, uh, for Real Madrid. So, uh, you know, if if you go by this game, uh, don't go by this game. I would suggest, please, because yeah, we, uh, I wouldn't say we dodged the bullet, but yeah, it wouldn't have been a good choice. 
so uh, they played a sort of a 3-5-2 and immediately i think the mismatch where it happened was uh, when we were off the ball uh, so we the ideas remained the same we were trying to press them in in a 4-4-2 uh, with weir and uh, brune and i know uh, the synergy still isn't there it's just two games that they have played together so you know the pressing scheme and uh, pressing triggers will have to come down to them playing more with each other uh, but yeah the the immediate impact of having a back three against our front two press was that there was a numerical disadvantage that we were at and initially we tried to press them and we tried to cause a turnover uh, high up the pitch uh, we managed to do so initially a couple of times but then uh, within settled position it became difficult because you know the back three spread out wide and it was very difficult for us to uh, and since they pushed their wing backs high up as well which pinned our uh, wide players it was pretty difficult for us to you know cover all the three players and especially uh, given the lack of playing time together for both brune and and weir uh, they weren't able to like cut cut off one of the sides using their curved runs and stuff like that which we uh, which we saw a lot with uh, you know weir and esther uh, when when she was there when she was here last season so i think it will come but obviously like a back three against the front two press is is a is a big disadvantage because they have they always automatically have a free player and it is easy to play through the press so we decided not to press as the game went on we decided to be a little muted we decided to sit in a, in a mid block and you know the game panned out we left a lot of space in behind uh, in behind our back line and uh, they exploited it very well so let's talk about the goals uh, so we ended up losing the game 3-2 so we won one and we lost uh, the other one uh, let's talk about the goals because i think that will uh, very nicely take us into another very important topic of discussion uh, so we went 3-0 down in this game before uh, scoring a quick fire double and you know giving us sort of a hope that we might be able to pull off a draw or something so the first goal comes in in the 15th minute and it's it's down uh, it's down to a, a blunder in in the back line and this time it it begins with susa you know she she does not uh, play like it was a very simple clearance uh, to be very honest but she somehow messes it up and loses the ball there's acres of space and we know rocio isn't the quickest and it's it's a lot to ask for her to come up and cover up uh, the distance there so she the player uh, club america make 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 it 1-0 i would like like you can blame shavas there as well maybe she could have done more but it was uh, just terrible from susa all all round so i i don't know what to like uh, say about that we will we will speak about this in in length uh, when we talk about the entire defense and how uh, we envision things going in in the season but this was the first one a terrible mistake the second goal comes in in the 30th minute and this one is a free kick a direct free kick uh this one is considered and 
takes us nicely into something that Kanita mentioned before, which was the issues with midfield. So we started with a midfield of Maite and Zornosa, which uh, we all know we have seen it multiple times uh, uh, in the past as well. And we know given their profiles as well that these are players who like to be on the ball, who like to be involved in the opposition half with the ball. And against the ball, they have a sort of uh, an issue with covering space. You know, you need somebody to be to be the anchor in the midfield around which Maite and Zornosa can move. We did not have that today. And in that sequence of play, Zornosa uh, gets beaten uh, against the ball. Then Maite has to run back and try to stop the attack because the back line is retreating and there could have been a long shot effort or you know we could have been under pressure in the box as well so Maite does that Maite uh, commits a foul and we concede from that free kick I think here if I am to blame somebody I think Shava should have been able to say that because it was not a free kick from from close range it was pretty far out and it, it didn't seem like it was hit with a lot of venom or anything like it should have been saved there uh, but yeah i mean did not happen then in the 50 i think in the 55th minute we concede a third goal and this one comes from another like a, a terrible terrible mistake like rocio uh, passes the ball to shavas and i i don't know if she's like unaware or uh, she it's just a lapse of concentration, a big lapse of concentration. She does not realize the pass is coming to her and reacts to it very slowly. Katy Martinez is quick to react to it, gets there first and uh, and scores like in an, in an empty net. So it was honestly for 60 minutes, it was just a horrible uh, defensive display in my opinion. Like uh, it, that was the downfall, I would say like we had uh, uh, a lot of the ball i think we had more, more possession than them definitely but in the midfield we were losing the battle because you know 352 they have three uh, midfielders and they were trying they were like easily overrunning our double pivot uh, weir was you know weir was doing weird things she was uh, being there wherever she was needed but still it was hard to balance the numbers in in the midfield and there was a lot of space to cover and there was a lot of ask for for Maite and Zornosa both so in the second half we did make make the changes we took both of them off and we brought on uh, a defensive midfielder our only defensive midfielder Freya and Toletti was b back in the lineup so things slightly improved you know Toletti compensates for a lot of things uh, but still, like the initial choice was bad, and I think the highlight of this game overall was how terrible our entire defense was. Kenty still struggled uh, on the right hand side. I think if if I have to like pick one decent player from the backline, it would have been Savava in the second half. She she did manage to save Grace a lot of times, especially in attack. Uh, so she was looking decent going forwards, but. Uh, I don't know like I think after 3-0 they they took their foot off the gas as well so it, it you know game state comes into play there uh, 
and yeah i mean one can argue they are uh, in mid season form and we are just you know in our pre season form we haven't played a lot of games we this is just our second game but the mistakes that happened were very amateurish i think and uh, yeah i think it's it is unacceptable and i think if if these are the mistakes that were going to happen in the season i'm happy that they are happening now and if we can get it out of the system before the season starts that would be good but i have my concerns about that and we'll speak about that when we discuss the defense uh, and and the future of of real madrid's defense this season uh but yeah kanita what did you make of the goals that we conceded what what do you have to say about this performance in particular i know we are going to discuss um the defense and the transfers uh, as a whole uh, next but yeah w- what did you feel uh, about my assessment regarding the midfield do you agree that was the reason or do you think it was something else and what did you make of the defensive performance from from all the players um well the the midfield is a kind of a tricky question here i mean you you said that um you know you mentioned the them being in mid-season and us you know just um playing in pre-season and i think that um i th- this pre-season is a bit tricky for us uh because uh, most like spanish uh teams uh, already played some games beforehand and yeah i agree that it was uh more difficult for us to organize uh these pre-season games because of the world cup and you know even these games started only a week after the world cup ended and uh, you know we still had um nine players you know playing in the last two days of the world cup so it's a bit tricky but uh for the players that were there the the academy as well i think that we should have organized some a uh, few more games at least between the spanish teams uh because that's what others did um so i yeah just just for the sake of synergy <laughs> to be honest uh i don't know i mean the the thing with uh sonosa like sonosa lost a lot of balls um the, in this game uh and the second goal uh was uh given off from you know losing the ball and then might uh stopping that by getting a yellow basically so yeah that happened a lot in the first half because you know she was subbed out uh in the second half but i, I don't know like the first game the first game is so weird like how 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 much in contrast were the first game and this one uh, it's like they just flipped the switch immediately like the first game as i think surprised us all uh even when it comes to the new signings uh and that we had three strikers in attack and that you know it, it worked like we won three one that game uh so it's weird how we did the exact opposite against america uh and by the way america lost a few days later against tigres um so this is another fun fact for you <laughs> you know we won against tigres lost against america but then america lost against tigres it's weird, okay? It's weird. This whole situation is weird. I it was I don't know uh, what's with this team, but they tend to have some games like 
um, a fluke uh, because every once in a while there's a game that we just can't recognize this team. Uh, and yeah, I agree. <laughs> it's not really the team we, you know, saw last season, obviously. Uh, but judging from the last game, I don't know, something happened. I mean, the defensive error errors were, uh, well, they weren't normal for this thing. Like I said that the it's unstable. The defense tends to be unstable sometimes, uh, but not this much. Uh, the this is the type of type of games I call flukes because the, I I don't know. I just can't be convinced that this is uh, something that will be happening every once in a while uh, because. We commented like there was one game, one or two games towards the end of the season, uh, where they um had these like fluke games, just uh unexplainable bad games, which so many random errors happened. So this is the one. I I don't know, and I hope that uh they did this fluke of a game uh for like the rest of the season, or at least one half of the season, and maybe they can do one look in the second half of the season i don't mind no. but yeah uh the the third goal was um i don't know i, I it, it just it just that it surprised me it did it did surprise me it just i was left uh without words uh speechless i didn't know what happened uh, I wasn't expecting that. I mean, no one expected that, but that never happened to us. I mean, um, ever, which is very weird. Uh, but I mentioned last time that I thought that Milan was nervous in her first game, and you know we did point out her uh, weaknesses, like the low balls um, are a bit more difficult for her and everything. Like in the, the last game, she she also had a good save. This game, she had one too. Uh, but then did so many weird errors, and then this one where she just lost concentration or whatever. Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe it's like all getting together. I I, I don't know. I mean, we're getting our you know regular lineup back for the season because the remaining five players are already training and yeah <laughs> uh stuff is hopefully getting back to normal hopefully yeah i i hope those five players won't have a full game to be honest um i've had enough of it so yeah it's unexplainable i don't know i, I just i've tried to explain it okay in the first five minutes which started the game by attacking but they were uh they were shutting us down somehow i don't uh, it, it just like we were trying to go through the middle whenever we would try to like even start to go through the middle to go up through the middle uh, we would fail and they were forced us to go around uh, and we would mostly go from the right side I, I think like three times in the first five minutes we went from the right side and it was Kenti and Atenea there, and it was either Kenti's bad cross or Atenea's bad decision or something. And then just the the chance finishes, uh, like nothing dangerous comes from it. Uh, Cassie, like our 
former player. <laughs> she was completely shutting off both Bloon and Maite, uh, which, I don't know, uh, very weird. I did not expect, uh, especially uh, keeping in mind the last game we played, uh, how good those two were, Bruno and Maite, were uh, probably the highlights of that game. And, you, you know, the goal scorers as well, I guess, realized. Uh, then after the fifth minute, we had a corner, and then America took over. And then everything happened from then on. Like, midfield started collapsing entirely. And I just, I don't know. Uh, our defense start, uh, started getting played. I mean, there was this, uh, I just want to, um, uh, just want to say this one chance in the 12th minute, just, just specify this one chance. Like, there, like, there's 17, uh, I can't remember who, but, uh, like, passing to uh, Hackneri, the school scorer of the second uh, goal, by the way, uh, she, like, completely played Kathleen and Rocio there. She got a shot on target, and Milan barely caught that uh, ground ball in the end, but it was, a, like, a shot on target. Uh, it was um, not good to see. I mean, she played our two centre-backs. Uh, which is very concerning. Uh, and yeah, it just, it got worse. It just got worse. The goal after goal, it got worse. The uh, the mistakes got worse. And, and like I said, the third goal just was like, I guess the cherry on top. I don't know. The cherry on top of mistakes, yeah. Uh, it hasn't been a good showing. It hasn't been a, uh, it has been a tricky start for her. Uh... Like the first game, obviously the conditions were a part, uh, you know, which which made handling the ball a bit difficult. But in this game as well, we saw some lapses of of concentration. Uh, I would argue that we did see something uh, better from her when 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 it came to defending low shots, like just a little better because it was really really bad in the previous game. Uh, so there was slight improvement there uh, and I think it's not as uh, like her low shot uh, blocking ability is not as bad as uh, as we have seen in, in the previous game and in, and in this game at, in some occasions. But yeah, I think uh, we saw enough uh, to say that there are some uh, some issues with, with the game like uh, she is not very comfortable coming out uh, of, of her box. Uh, the high claims are also uh, a bit bit tricky for her even though she's tall uh, her ball judgment is a bit off and and if if there are lapses of concentration then that's not a good recipe uh, at all uh, but yeah uh, maybe this is just the first two games of the season and maybe uh, we hopefully think that these will be uh, you know covered up and improved upon as the, as the season goes on so yeah, I mean, it wasn't a good game. Uh, I'm not going to like be be the sort of thing that okay, we just lagged finishing because you know uh, the only sort of two or three clear chances that we had came in the second half, late, very late on when I think uh, Club America were all, you know just uh, not in the game anymore. They they were three nil up and they were already out of it. We scored two in quick succession with Feller and uh, and Athenea. And uh, you know, Feller's goal. <laughs> if if you want to see, maybe maybe I think Rocio was offside there. Uh, I don't know. 
but yeah, the, you know, it, it was a terrible performance to say the whole like Athena's goal was not uh, something really great. I think uh, you know, Club America did really take their foot off the gas because you know this is a meaningless friendly for them mid-season, so they don't wanna uh, you know go all the way. But for us, this is the preparation for the next season. So. I don't know. It's a, it's a tricky situation. It, uh, the preseason organizing thing, uh, like Kanita mentioned, it, it should have been better. I think we should have played some some Spanish teams or some some other teams. Uh, but yeah, uh, it is what it is, I guess. Uh, I think this nicely like segues us into the fact that since we were talking about the defense already and how uh, you know different combination of of the defense that we have. This particular combination of defense that we have seen in in the preseason, I think uh, we need to talk about it, and we need to talk about what potential changes we can make as we get into the season, and eventually also talk about the transfers. So, you know, our centre back options. We have just three centre backs in our ranks, which to me seems a little bit problematic. Not a little bit, a uh, a big problem. You know, we have. Ivana, we have Rocio and we have Sousa. Sousa has been like really bad. Uh, it, it is not just these two games that we are talking about. Even in the last season, I think just bar a couple of good performances at the start of the season, I think once those mistakes started happening uh, after the first few games, it was all downhill. I don't think she recovered and I think that I have mentioned this multiple times before that yeah she started well but I want to see how she reacts after her first mistake and she reacted exactly as I expected her to because having seen her at Inter and and other teams she does not uh, really recover from her mistakes that well and it all just snowballs into uh, a big uh, error every game and we cannot really afford that especially on that right hand side where you know we also are still sticking with Kenty somehow uh, who uh, is in her twilight years now so we need to have a succession plan on on that right hand side and we have spoken about this as well but that just really really uh, you know cripples our right hand side which is really a, a big problem because teams can easily target that side and create opportunities and and score goals which which is you know it's an easy way in f- for the opposition and having just three option if if we get any sort of injury to any player that is us with just two starting center backs for the rest of the season and uh, you know we we I don't mind Savava as the fourth uh, center back choice let me just say that once again I, I said it in the previous pod as well I don't mind her as the fourth choice center back because a lot of the times uh, the fourth choice center back does not get to play a lot we had uh, Claudia Florentino and she did not get too many opportunities so I, I'm fine with us not signing a fourth choice center back but I think we need a starting choice center back like we need a center back that will straight up come into the starting lineup because the current options are uh, not really good that is the uh, bottom line that is the reality of it I think if we have to compete on all fronts we don't have a good enough uh, defense and 
we did not even try in the market which is the most uh, uh, you know uh, disappointing thing for me because market had opportunities uh, people are going to point out that we did try for Natalie Beyond but uh, Everton rejected guys Ricky Savecke from the same Everton team before is a free agent and we did not try for her which makes uh, zero sense for me and yeah the thing about us going for Natalie Beyond towards the end of the window and you know making a sort of a throwing the kitchen sink at trying to sign a center back obviously Everton are not going to let go of Natalie Beyond for two reasons they have already let go of Rikke Savetke who by the way is a free agent they are not going to let go of another center back especially after the sort of uh, the World Cup that she has had pretty good has shown versatility to be able to play uh, as the right sided uh, uh, on the right flank basically as a right back and two why I think uh, you know signing maybe Natalie Bion for center back position was not the ideal solution because I I consider Bion more of as a midfielder if we are signing Bion for to play the sort of a deeper midfielder role as the DM in, in the squad I would be very happy but I, I don't know and what bugs me really is we had a free option in Sabeke she is still free and we did not make an attempt to sign her like we desperately need a right sided centre back Sabeke has played there Sabeke has even covered a right back position like if you are so adamant on, on signing a centre back there are options in, in the market there is Sabeke you know Maile Lakrar who we have been like in and out uh, linked in and out with uh, for, for a couple of windows now Maile Lakrar had a brilliant tournament Maile Lakrar has shown versatility as well we did not go for her we I don't know we we somehow kept uh, our target as Empome and we did not even get her so I don't know what the strategy was and I don't know how we deal with transfers it, it's it's very disappointing at this point because this squad clearly needs a centre back and I think it is going to come back to haunt us a lot throughout the season uh, because if, if if we are to build on what happened in, in the last season where we managed to get to a cup final I think uh, if we are to get to a cup final we have to build a better team uh, like there is no no uh, second thoughts on that because we lost that final because our right side of the defense collapsed completely in in the final minutes and then the whole thing happened with the, with the substitutions and uh, and all we have discussed that multiple times but we seriously needed a a center back reinforcement and it has not come so I don't know what the recruitment team is is doing uh, how they did not identify and how you know just trying to attempt to sign Natalie Bion who you know is, is not even a pure center back who who is more of a midfielder if if you have known Natalie Bion and have watched her you would you would know and Saveke being there and not being picked up it, it, it's just weird for me even if you are picking Saveke for just just a season as a stopgap and then going for Lakra that's fine as well you know we are going to lose a, a center back next season most probably we we will have 
just two uh, two out of the three uh, that we have currently so you know getting Sabeke now maybe getting Lakara next season that would have been the ideal solution but we just did not make an attempt and you know here we are with three right-footed center backs who you know are uh, one of them is in a terrible form since last season uh, Ivana is is good Rocio is slow to cover the space as well so you know I don't know what what is going to happen but the defensive situation is really bad and in, in terms of transfers as well I think our squad compared to last season has not really strengthened that much to be very honest with you guys last season we had two striker options this season we technically have just Brune and we'll be compensating and rotating between Moler and Feller and maybe Carla Camacho as well so you know I don't know how many goals you are expecting from all of these players but uh, given what Esther offered us in build-up as well I think it is a, a big ask for uh, like I, I am confident Brune will score 10 or more goals but I'm also uh, sort of certain that she'll have at least one injury problem through the season because given the sort of problem that she has had in the past uh, it is a likely thing that it happens again another uh, the other signing that we made with Rasso Rasso is quite injury prone as well I know people are very hyped up after seeing her at the World Cup and I am too like I love ribbons I have been watching her for a very long time but there is no denying that she is injury prone and we have spoken about why that is the case as well so you know it's it is a good backup it is a decent backup but what about uh, have we factored in the availability as well because if if Rasso gets injured and it's out for a long while uh, then how how is it going to work you know so uh, it it would still be just Atenea for, for the right flank and maybe we are putting in Feller there as well so Feller is basically covering for two spots it's not the squad is not uh, the squad has not gotten better that is what I can say compared to last season where we should have taken a the next step I think the only signing that has taken uh, us a step forward is is Brune uh, but Brune too comes with the fact that there is n literally no backup to her like uh, if Brune is out then we are starting with a front line of Linda Feller and, and Athenea maybe but that seems the most likely uh, outcome and I don't know how many goals uh, these three can produce because you know they are they are young and they aren't really prolific goal scorers so all the burden once again comes down to Caroline Weir and uh, you know she had a brilliant season and all but are you really expecting once again for her to produce a, a, a 40 plus goal uh, season that is that is a big ask you know maybe she'll step up and maybe she'll score score it again but but you are putting all of your goal scoring onus and your creative onus on one player and that is never a good sign in terms of squad building uh, the goals have to be shared these responsibility attacking responsibility has to be shared between the front four or whatever so yeah i mean and and also in terms of uh, game changes from the bench we don't have many at the moment so I don't know like I uh, I don't think we have 
done the recruitment right i don't think we have done the transfer window right maybe i'm i'm proven wrong uh, and you know brune stays completely healthy which i hope touch wood she does and scores 25 goals maybe uh, rasso comes in and is is the game changer from the bench for us and you know scores 10 plus goals for us as well you know a lot of things can happen uh, but given what has happened in the past we can only use that as as a base to try and predict what will likely happen and at that at this moment looking back trying to project forward it is not really looking good so uh, yeah in terms of i think recruitment we we have failed the transfer window i don't think we have uh, essentially like improved uh, we have spoken about the right back situation as well like i would have kept uh, lucia who was already a part of the team for 2 years and would have incorporated her much earlier last season and made her a part of the of the team so in that regard we are once again left with with a player trying to you know succeed in that right back position and becoming the mainstay instead of kenty uh, the task is the same as the past two seasons so i don't know uh, i i am not really happy with the sort of the transfer window that we have had uh, what have you made of the transfer window and what are your thoughts on 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 the signings that we have made and the signings that we have not made uh, just give give your thoughts on maybe every position or just the signings that have come in and you know the difference in general um actually to uh, start from um from the front from the attack um yeah aside the aside from the fact the possible injuries and stuff you know with Brun and Brasso and yeah uh, those injury prone players uh which by the way uh, Feller is an injury prone player as well like we got her um like one season after um her ACL injury like she was uh recovering for one year and all so uh but my main concern about the squad um is that we're relying a little bit too much on diversity when we uh and when i say we i mean the coach doesn't know how to manage that diversity so um when we talk about the attack um for an example uh you you talked about like feller uh covering two positions right uh and that she is uh better as a winger like she did operate too well in the central role as well but she was still going wider and that's what she does you know she is a winger and she's much better there uh so that's that's my concern we don't know how to manage the diversity and we rely too much on diversity that oh i can just put this player because she did well um a few times in this role so yeah we don't need to cover uh for this position anymore which is very weird you know we're looking at the attack with uh, we can look like oh we have three strikers we have brun we have mila we have kamacho right but there's still two question marks there's brun and kamacho uh not kamacho not brun sorry um mila 
and Camacho. Uh, Camacho, who barely got like chances last season under Toril. I don't know how. I don't know if he knows anything about her at this point. She needs a little bit of a push, and I think Brun can uh, give her that very well. And it, she did well against Tigres, like uh, solid. I don't have any uh, complaints about her, but um, I just think that the management isn't there yet to uh, be able to manage this, you know, um, diversity. And, and then Mila, Mila, I mean, we've talked about it, like, for the last, what, a year and a half, I mean, since Toril came, she played as a winger, and then the last, oh, what, two months of the last season, she uh, suddenly uh, was starting as a center forward, which, by the way, she is, but she did not play as a center forward for a year and a half. So that's my concern. And um, and then when we talk about defense, yes, exactly, I agree. Svava is a solid choice for fourth center back. Like, fourth center backs don't play often. That all stands. And, uh, you know, that would be great if we... If we knew for sure which are our starting center backs and that we should have gotten a starter center back uh which is so weird to me that this the center back signing was not our first and primary signing this season because it should have been it should have been this is the first position that we should have looked at like from the start from the beginning i know with months before uh this summer transfer window opened we knew about toyane that she was closed already like months before uh so that's basically what should have happened with the the center back but it, it it's so wild to me i don't know how to explain it anymore it's just it wasn't optional this signing wasn't optional um especially with the you know both Rocio and Kathleen were injured for like what two months uh and therefore wasn't has not been um good since then especially Kathleen um like she just never recovered from that and uh she played with the cast on her hand for weeks so there's that. I mean, she was rushed in as well. And she uh, she had a surgery on her arm, and then uh, she got back. She started immediately, played the full game, and yeah, I, I don't know what happened. I don't know how much that arm injury um, got all this. And I, I don't understand. I just don't know. But like when you had you uh, two of your center backs injured for two months. Uh, and then you see that the form wasn't too well, and then you lose your fourth center back, which was Claudia Florentina. Neither of these three are really, uh, you know, have a fixed position in the starting lineup. You would have thought that we should have gotten a center back. Obviously, everyone did. Uh, and I think that everyone is um, pretty mad about that, <laughs> especially because that this uh, Bjorn rumor came out like, a day and a half before the window closed uh and then there were talks about Saveke you uh mentioned and uh but there was nothing like oh we we're close to signing this one except for Ericsson but that obviously we know that was a big fail <laughs> uh so yeah just I don't know the we rely too much on like the fact that we could you know, 
manage diverse squad, which we can't manage it. Uh, there, we just don't have the ability to manage this squad. It's just, I, I don't know. It's a great squad. We had a, we had a fantastic squad last season. They didn't come to it, not even 50% of the power, I think, I, I, at least on pitch. On numbers, fine. They, they did well when it comes to goals and stuff. But when it comes to the play on pitch, they did not play good football as as good as football as you would have thought you would have expected from them and this squad i don't know if we have any improvements from the last season i'm pretty sure that we are somewhere like in equal or slightly less than the last season like in terms of quality but it's a great squad and i i'm really i'm still afraid of you know what uh what will come out of it and how much we'll actually see from them. Uh, because from what we've seen from the last season squad, uh, we talked about how much more they can do. I just hope that uh, the talk about the squad for this season will be much different, that we'll have much more positive comments about it, that we'll say, oh, this uh, squad showed their quality. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's just a mess. Yeah, I'm at. So let, let's come to that conclusion, I guess. And how often do we use that word to describe things uh, that are going maybe on the field and now with the transfer recruitment as well? I think this was a very good opportunity for us, uh, you know, to sign players that would have actually helped us take the next step and try to close the gap with Barcelona, who just keep on somehow <laughs> strengthening and reaching far beyond our, our reach we knew it was not going to be easy to cover up that gap but you know it, it, it's looking like we are moving in the other direction at the moment so uh, I don't know uh, I think we should have prioritized a center back like you said uh, we did not and here we are uh, we'll see how the how the uh, season pans out uh, but yeah, uh, if if anything, if past is is a decent predictor of the of the future, then yeah, we it's not really like looking good. Okay, so talk of all the doom and gloom is done. <laughs> you can take it uh, however you want. You can make your own assessment. But this is what we feel given the the players that we have brought in and given the players that were already in the squad and the depth options so we'll see how how it pans out uh, but let's talk about something more positive something on the on the bright up front and something a little bit uh, annoying in equal parts as well uh, because you know uh, the nominees for the Ballon d'Or were released um, a couple of days ago and uh, you know, if, if you gave any Madridista, if you told any Madridista that there were three Real Madrid players, everyone would be ecstatic. And if you ask them to predict those three players, I don't think, uh, you know, 90% or 95% of the people would have got it right. Uh, I certainly would not have. So we have three nominees for, for the in the Ballon d'Or. We have Olga. Uh, you know, for obvious reasons, she finished. Uh, she also finished third in the UEFA Women's Player of the Player of the Season as well. Uh, so she was third behind Aitana and Sam Kerr. So uh, she finished third there. We have 
her as one of our representatives in in the Ballon d'Or list. We have our new signing Haley Rasso as the other, and the youngster Linda Caicedo, who you know had a great had a great uh, youth tournament before this, had a great Copa America senior as well uh, for for the senior side, and has been an integral part of the squad as well. But no Caroline Weir. Like I think. Um, that was the biggest shock like if if you were to ask me one player that would certainly make these award lists uh, i would say caroline we like there is no way a player you know scores 50 plus has 50 plus direct goal contributions and does not even get a nomination like i don't know what else uh, is expected then like i don't know what what makes uh, what makes for a good candidate for these awards but Caroline Weir was certainly one of them. Uh, and I had a very interesting set of uh, exchange with somebody on, on Twitter after after I tweeted something about Caroline Weir's uh, direct goal contribution for, for the club. And this person, uh, and, and, and I think this is what, uh, this is what goes in a lot. Obviously, World Cup played a big part in in all of the nominees. If you, if you just run run them down, you can see how much World Cup influenced the choices. There's and 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 you know that is expected. But I think a general consensus here is, uh, you know, these are individual awards. These should be given for great individual performances. But I think it's somewhere it is entangled with team success and collective success as well and uh, this exchange with this particular person I, I don't remember who, who it was uh, uh, but yeah some some uh, somebody from from uh, the Barca fan base I think they were like uh, they were pointing me out that uh, okay so Caroline Weir did not perform in the final Caroline Weir did not uh, she missed the penalty that would have sent her country in the, in the in the final I was like dude we wouldn't have been in the final and we wouldn't have been in the top two if not for Caroline Weir we wouldn't even have we wouldn't even be in the Champions League next season if, if not for Caroline Weir <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you but yeah uh, and they were they were arguing that her goals did not win a trophy and I I was sitting there shocked like dude Real Madrid have not won a trophy in, in their very short history so far the only reason and given how terrible we were on, on the field in terms of tactics, Caroline Weir regularly produced those moments that helped us win the game and that helped us be in the race for uh, you know, for, for the top two places and maintain that distance and even increase it with the third place uh, with the third place side. And you know, despite the underlying suggesting Levante were the second best side in the league, we managed to get better results and better uh, goal differential on, on the field. Uh, and the only reason for that was Caroline Weir. You know, and I think this is the general consensus where uh, a confusion arises. Uh, because, you know, it, it, we can't argue... Uh, if If I were to be... If I were to say, like, okay... All three nominations for from Real Madrid are, uh, you know, perfectly fine. They all deserved it. I, I would be lying to myself. I think, uh, you know, I, I'm happy that my players, that players from my team, have been nominated. Obviously, uh, you know, Olga deserves the world, and she should be getting the recognition that she deserves. 
maybe she was not the best in the previous season uh, but whatever you know linda has had a spectacular season hayley raso uh, again you know brilliant for australia during the world cup but if you look at the season before she just played you know 300 odd minutes uh, in in the league and i think i think if you are talking about individual performances there was no player in in the entire world that was more deserving of a, of a of a place in that nomination list than caroline weir i think it was it was a pure farce that she was not there just because she did not play in the world cup like 50 direct goal contributions dude like that is crazy so i don't know i was pretty shocked looking at that uh, what were your reactions looking at that and what do you think how these individual awards have an influence uh, with these big major tournaments and do you agree about them being entangled with the with team success or should it obviously in, in an ideal world should it just be the individual performances yeah um i mean Ballon d'Or is uh, an individual award, is it not? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, a lot of things come into the play, like you know, the individual performance, and then the trophies and uh, PR as well. Um, so I think that's where we, uh, two out of three of those factors. Yeah, we didn't we didn't have in our favor for Weir. Uh, you know, Weir by herself did an amazing season. We pretty much re- relied on her individual excellence uh for well, the whole season. <laughs> the whole season. And more often than not, we'd win some games that we played like questionable football, you know, questionable team football and um and then she would uh win us the game and that's how it went you know the the whole season and she she said you know and that uh before the final four that uh all that she did during the season would be in vain if we don't win that trophy the Copa della Reina trophy the infamous final we have we had lost you know uh so uh, that's where we lost our case about Weir I'm afraid um I mean we have we have known that since this uh since Ballon d'Or um had this category for women's football since the beginning uh, it hasn't uh it has been going on for a long time uh but since the beginning and even this year like it's, it's still going on that uh, it just it's just so obvious that the people who vote, vote there don't uh, really know much about women's football that don't actively watch the sport and that's where this problem about um probably majority of these players like out of 30 of these players um like at least 98% i'd say or i don't know I, i can't say that it's because of the world cup campaign they put up uh and that this world cup was massive uh this was the biggest women's world cup uh yet and you know it's with the first one of 32 teams and it had a great increase in audience like australia did such a good job in australia and new zealand in hosting that and everything so 
a lot more people watched this. Uh, and it was a worldwide known tournament at this point. Like this year, the Women's World Cup was known. Uh, and, you know, it was easy to watch it. So, yeah, it was expected that they would heavily uh, base these nominations off the World Cup. And it's so obvious that they did. Um, and I'm not complaining at all. Like, we got our first, not one, but three nominees for the Ballon d'Or. And, yeah, everyone would uh, would have, you know, assumed that it would have been weird, one of them, surely. Like, uh, if it was only one, it had to have been weird. But I already said, like, it, at this point, it was impossible uh, because um, there's these factors that we can't really, that she couldn't even control it. She like we are herself can't control in the team trophy and the uh, PR. <laughs> uh, it was just yeah out of her control at this point. And yeah, obviously that she didn't go to the World Cup, uh, because Scotland you know failed to go to the World Cup and it's so weird because, um, Alba Redondo for uh, for example she got nominated for Ballon d'Or which I think is very deserved. She put up a great league campaign. And when it, uh, when you look at the entire season and the World Cup, uh, Redondo is worthy to be on the list. You know, 27 goals, I think, in the league. Yeah, and she's the Pichichi uh, and everything. So definitely deserving. But uh, if Redondo is on there, then how was we even not, not even considered? Well, it's because of the outside factors. Redondo is also the world champion now and everything. So... Yeah, a lot of debates at this point. A lot of debates. Um, I don't know. These awards spark a lot of debates all the time. In both men's and women's football, but even more so in women's football because, you know, this is a new category um, uh, the last year, like, for women's football. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm very happy. I, Linda, I'm very happy that I mean, Linda has, is, uh, what, 18? Um, 18 and a half, barely. <laughs> uh, so, and she got her first Ballon d'Or nominations, with, uh, which is crazy, and I think it's very deserved. And I'm very happy for her. Like, she, we've been known that she's uh, a gem in this sport, and that we landed her, that we have her in our team. And we said that we uh, would love to have her for a long time, and we hope we do. Olga, I think, is most for, mostly for the World Cup campaign. Uh, she did score the two most important goals of the tournament. And it's very understandable, to be honest. Very understandable. Uh, it was very two very good goals as well. And aside from that, she did um, well with the Spain as well. And then uh, the last part of the season was much better than you know how she started the season with Real Madrid. But... Uh yeah, and then Raso Raso didn't play much with Manchester City, which uh, her nomination. Uh, you know, I'm happy that she got like crazy. We got three nominees, and one of them is our new player. Like we picked well, you know. She was she was expected to be uh to put up a show on the World Cup, and she did, and she did the great World Cup and all. Uh, aside from the three goals she scored, like aside from those goals, uh, she. Did grab a good show. I mean, I I I can't deny it. But 
it really shows like how much of a factor World Cup was at this point. Like he played what three hundred something minutes with City last season or something. I don't know if I'm mistaken. But yeah, it just World Cup is just about exposure. It's about PR. It's mostly about PR. Like these awards at this point, I'm very tired of debating these awards. So yeah, but we should have been there. Um, but yeah, again, not surprised, disappointed, but yet again, not surprised. Base your opinions of these awards and take it with a pinch of salt. Uh, the players that have quality, the players that are good will always remain good. They don't need uh, an award uh, nomination, but obviously it is. it feels rewarding to be nominated in, in these sort of prestigious awards. And I think we are definitely deserved one. So... Yeah, shout out to Caroline Weir, our player of the season, definitely. And yeah, hopefully she continues to produce the same things that she has always done. And hopefully she gets recognized for it as well. Uh, and yeah, congratulations to all three nominees from Real Madrid. We are very happy with them. And hopefully they continue to produce good stuff for us through the season as well. So yeah, uh, I think one last thing that we need to touch upon and I will hand it over to you, Kanita, for this is uh, the current situation regarding the strike so there is a bit of uh, bit of a new information that we have that the you know the notification for the strike was not given uh, when it was expected to be they made they made it late so we don't know if the strike is happening or not and we'll keep you posted about this obviously but Kanita what do you have uh, on this situation currently and uh, well, it's it's been a f very interesting few days, and if you don't understand what's been going on, uh, don't worry. I don't think that anyone does, uh, like even now. Uh, <laughs> but here's the thing. So basically, it's uh, we touched upon that it's about conditions, about better conditions since it's a professional league. So they've been asking uh, to raise the minimum wa wage of uh, players, you know, professional players of the professional league that you know, be became professional last season. It was, there. it was its first season as professional league. That, you know, it's raised to 23,000 uh, a year. So here's the thing. Uh, on paper, the minimum wage was 16,000 euros. Uh, but... Uh, I think like with everything raised, like I'm not sure which uh, is it due just to inflation or something. They Foodpro said it in their statement, but I don't know what exactly is it. They just said that it translates those 16k now translates to 18 and a thousand k. So uh, is it just the inflation? I'm not sure. Uh, but yeah, basically the minimum wage is for now is 18. Uh, and a half k uh euros so they're basically asking for like what four and a half more thousand which they're not letting uh, the syndicates are saying no um um no that's 20k like take it or leave it but initially it was um they were asking for 25k then uh during the 10 hour long meeting they said fine we ask for 23 thousand but no they still stood on the twenty thousand and uh, aside from the salary questions uh, there were a lot more things uh, about the <laughs> about the sponsor about some 
other funds that were promised about some uh, funds that were more than uh, reasonable. Like, uh, they, uh, Footpro mentioned their statement, like tens of millions of um, euros that uh, they say are very plausible that this this league will generate like from the zone to uh from like the csd the government and everything uh and i think i think they're right in that aspect like especially the fact that spain is now the world champion and you know everyone will be wanting to watch this league and there will be more exposure and everything so there will be even more um money coming from the broadcaster aka the zone so uh, yeah i'm not quite sure like i don't think anyone understands fully what's going on but it's about better conditions and it's wild because they've been saying during the entirety of the last season that they will uh that they should be able to in include var this season like starting from this season but you know the clubs didn't have funds and said uh couldn't really afford to, you know, get new cameras and all the equipment for VAR. So, you know, that's still not happening. So we don't, we still don't have VAR, even though they were asking, they were talking about it the whole, the whole season, they were uh, training the referees as well for VAR. So basically this whole thing about the conditions has been going on for 18 months. Uh, and <laughs> now it, it's now that it's just, exploding i guess exploding imploding whatever uh whosoever fault this is because the league doesn't even have a sponsor you know find work uh didn't even sign anything last season like they didn't put it on paper or anything uh so basically we, we never even had a sponsor like on paper we never had a league sponsor uh they were just there you know on the name find work liga f but they were never actually a uh, sponsor in uh, on paper, which is so wild to me. Like, and uh, the league doesn't have a new sponsor now, uh, so it's it's so weird. This is a professional league, the newly professional league, and the league of the world champions, like current world champions. So I don't know. It's it's a mess, a little bit embarrassing once again. I mean, this is the second uh, time in a row that we got strikes. You know last season because of the referee um refereeing situation again about conditions you know uh, for referees now about the players and it's getting old it's repeating all over just it shouldn't be like this in the professional league so basically what they said this morning uh on the on the morning of uh you know friday 8th of um september they said uh that the strike isn't legal for the 8th of um september which starts on uh at night at 9 uh, p.m if plays uh, sevilla and they said that for this day it's not legal because um Hutpro, uh, announced the strike on the 4th and it has to pass five days uh before the uh, before the strike happens. However, uh, during our recording session, I just saw that Footpro um, made another announcement saying and stating that it's valid, that it should be valid because they did put it up on the 1st September and not on the 4th of September, which was uh, said in the morning. 
And then I checked on the website and they really did put up that the strike will be happening like from this day to this date on on the first two match days. And it all was set on the 1st of September. I'm confused. I mean, I don't ask me at this point. I don't know. Uh, you Then you go to the uh, official account of Real Betis, who are, by the way, uh, the first opponents of Real Madrid uh, in the league. And they said, oh, they were preparing for the league. And now no one understands what's happening. Well, like, uh, if one team presents themselves on the pitch and the other team doesn't, then there's the disqualification of the other team. You know, the team that presented themselves gets the free points. So it's basically like uh, the games are going on. It's just on the players, on the teams, that decide if they will strike or not. And if uh, one does or doesn't, then uh, it's like a game was played and the uh, points will be given, you know. Uh, if neither of the teams show up, then it's a full strike for the whole game and it's probably going to be postponed. I, yeah, it, sh- it has to be. So it's a whole mess. Uh, again, we've just been throwing the word mess uh, all around here with official account of Real Betis, who are, by the way, the first opponents of Real Madrid in the league. And they said, oh, they were preparing for the league. And now no one understands what's happening. Well, like, uh, if one team presents themselves on the pitch and the other team doesn't, then there's the disqualification of the other team. You know, the team that presented themselves gets the free points. So it's basically like the games are going on. It's just on the players, on the teams, that decide if they will strike or not. And if uh, one does or doesn't, then uh, it's like a game was played and the uh, points will be given, you know. Uh, if neither of the teams show up, then it's a full strike for the whole game and it's probably going to be postponed. I, yeah, it, sh- it has to be. So it's a whole mess. Uh, again, we've just been throwing the word mess uh, all around here, which it is uh, also very embarrassing if you ask me. Uh, I don't understand much of it. I don't understand why or how or um, why is it still happening. It's the why still. So... Yeah, uh, we'll see how it happens. I mean, uh, Real Madrid has a game on the Saturday at 9 p.m. And, I mean, basically, we just have to go game by game in the league to see how it goes. Like, the games still stand. We just have to see which games strike or which not. Because, yeah. But the game on the Friday um, night, I'm pretty sure it will go on. I mean, at the time of the recording, that game will be in, like, three hours or something. So, yeah. We don't know yet, but uh, by the time you, uh, <laughs> you're you listening to this, we'll probably know if that game was played or not. So, yeah, Here's, there's a situation. It's complicated even for me. So, yeah, I, I hope that at least I gave you some a new insight. And, yeah, don't worry if you're still confused. Just, yeah, it's a mess. Okay, so we will see. We'll I think we'll find out how it goes and if the strike holds or not. But yeah, this whole situation needs to be resolved as quickly as possible. We said this, the same thing uh, in the previous, uh, when the previous season started as well and it's still going on. So yeah, hopefully it gets resolved and we'll keep you updated about that. Uh, Until then, Ala Madrid. Ala Madrid. Sports Social Podcast Network.